Hello everyone and welcome to this latest episode of the Gustiarity Podcast. Uh, this week is the, I'm not going to say longest because hopefully it won't be the longest, but this is the most in-depth episode that I've done so far as all of these are finally back up and running, which meant that my weekend was predominantly full of watching, then watching highlights uh, of games and then trying to remember <laughs> who scored from what game. So this should be a good laugh for everyone to, involved. So what I'm going to do is, first of all, go through the results from all the weekend, then do a little bit of the games, and then that will be us, he says, hopefully. So starting off at the weekend, starting off in the top flight, because obviously that's the you know, easiest place to start. I apologise that these results are somewhat in a bit of a mad order. The app that I use to get my results is uh, it's a bit of a nightmare. It, 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 it just moves everything around. So I do apologise in advance if I get any of these in the wrong order of the times to kick off. I'm sure somebody will point this out because Twitter. <laughs> so, so starting off on Friday night, uh, we had Dundalk 1, Finn Harps 2. Uh, Friday night is also was Watford 1, Sligo Rovers 2. And on Saturday, at, I believe it's 4 o'clock, I think on Saturday, I can't remember, I was talking to my part at the time, but it was uh, St. Pat's 2, Drada 1, and Bowles 2, Longford 2. Uh, as you'll notice from that results there, Rovers didn't play this weekend, and neither did Delhi. Uh, this was because Rovers had a lot of international call-ups, so they got their game delayed, which, weirdly enough, Dundalk would have qualified for as well. However, because those players weren't, in the Irish setup, they didn't get called. They didn't. They weren't allowed to call their game off, which seems a bit harsh. But there you go. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the way the cookie crumbles, as a famous man once said. So anyway, into the first division, which returned this week. Four games were on. Uh, were on Friday night. Uh, they were Cork City one, Cole Ramblers. Put uh, back in. Cork City two, Cove Ramblers one, UCD two. Athlone Town 2, Wexford 1, Cabin TV 2, Galway 0, Shells 0, and Bray, uh, and this afternoon's game actually, to line, was uh, Bray Wanderers 0, GE United 0. Uh, and finally, we will, because I think the Women's National League deserves a lot of attention, there's a lot of credit, I feel like women's football, in particular in Ireland, like women's football, it deserves a lot more credit than it gets. I think women's football overall deserves a lot more credit than it gets. And I know some people don't like it. If you don't like it, feel free to skip the next minute, minute and a half, whatever it is. Uh, but generally, personally, from my personal experience, I think it deserves a lot of credit. And, I mean, the girls, the, the performances that they put in, and definitely, it was definitely goal fest this weekend. Uh, and after in my Patreon, Patreon one, which is a nice segue to plug that we have a Patreon account if you want to join up. It's uh, five euros, four quid, I can't remember. It's, it's five euros, four quid, one of the two. Um, and if you did join up, it'd be fantastic because I really personally need a microphone and they're expensive and it'd be fantastic if you could join Patreon so I could have a better microphone. Please. No. Um, as, as I was saying, the Women's League has come back this, this week. It's free. Obviously, you can watch Alloway TV, which is the Pixar system. Granted, Pixel Art is a bit of a, it's a bit of a nightmare. I'm not gonna lie to you. 
Uh, I watched part of Queen of the South versus Breakin and the Pixar system was a disaster and Breakin had to put an apology out. It's not the greatest system in the universe, but I mean, it's 136 games, I think, and it works out to about 65 quid, I think it works out to if you from the UK, and 79 euro if you're in Ireland. So it's definitely worth doing. You get it on top of the normal, um, you get it on top of the first division games free of charge. So you, you, it's, it's a win-win. You can't you can't really go wrong with it. So anyway, back to the actual football that happened for the women's game. So it was a uh, Galway three, Cork City three, Wexford Juice nil, Piedmont one, Athlone nil, Shells two, and Bowls six, Tree United two. So I'm gonna be honest. That is probably haven't done the maths myself, but I think that's more goals than the whole of the top flight <laughs> in the last two weeks. So that's where you should be if you want goals. I'm not going to lie to you. So anyway, let's take a quick fly through the games. Um, there wasn't any, realistically, I, th- I don't think there's any major, there's a couple of shocks, I think. Uh, the first game, obviously, of the weekend that kicked everything off was Dundalk 1, Finn Harps 2. Um, this game, I watched this game, and I was my pal was watching, actually. I was, I was texting him about the game. And the first half, Dundalk were not good at all. Uh, Dundalk's keeper uh, in the game against Rovers, Alibi, I'm gonna, sorry, I'm just going to butcher his name, Alibi, he, he looked, uh, he went into the game, and people who weren't Dundalk fans were saying, oof, is this a good sign? And, oof, I don't know about this guy. And then, in that game, he, I personally thought, anyway, he played pretty well. He pulled off a couple of really good saves. The penalty shootout, I think he got a lot of credit for penalty shootout. And I think, whilst that's true, he did deserve a lot of credit. I don't think there is a penalty. The penalties were good up until the commentator said, these have been good penalties. And as soon as he said, these have been good penalties, they stopped being <laughs> stopped being good penalties. I mean, Graham Burke's just, uh, I think, I think has just landed. Uh, why they took in a three-sided stadium, why they took penalties in an empty stadium so the one side of the stadium has no stand is kind of beyond me, especially in the weather was brutal. But either way, he did perform fairly well. He pulled off a couple of good saves in there in normal time. He... I don't want to blame him for both the goals, but the first one is absolutely categorically, unquestionably his own his fault. Uh, it is a terrible decision-making process. I think he can partly be forgiven because modern football's gone down this route that uh, keepers must be able to pass it out and not just launch it. But when you're being closed down, you know, you, you, you really should launch it. Equally, Adam Foley still had to score it, but it wasn't it wasn't the hard score he had ever scored in his life. Um, and then after halftime, uh, fair do so done, they a dumb substitution. Uh, I didn't think the players that they took off were the two worst players, if I'm, if I'm totally honest. But I'll be honest, equally at the same time, I don't think any of the starting eleven. I think if any of the, any of the starting eleven have been substituted at halftime, they they couldn't really have much to to, to argue with. Um, did the double substitution at halftime? Now for the first, obviously Patrick Hogan then scores an equaliser after about I think about forty eighth minute. Um, and you're like, okay, right, Dundalk have pulled themselves back together. They they've, they've got the head they've got the head in the right place, and then they dominate up to about the sixtieth minute. And then I, th- I thought personally, in, I think it was about the 61st minute, 62nd minute, something like that, there's a, a break down the right-hand side that 
leads to a shot that I think the keeper was beat on his near side post and just went narrowly wide of the near side post. And that's a big, big warning shot because he, he broke, he got clear, and he, he took that shot on. He, he, he missed it narrowly, but it was a big warning shot. And you're thinking, right, the dog must take this warning on board. This is the first real shot in anger that Harps have had in the second half. And literally two minutes later, they go and score. They're literally performing the same manoeuvre that they performed the, like two minutes beforehand. And you're kind of sitting there thinking to yourself, "Oof, this isn't this isn't uh, this isn't ideal." Dundalk have been of the goals Dundalk has conceded this season. Almost all have come out with the mistake, but the keeper almost all of them have come from their back line being very narrow, and the players coming almost unmarked down the wings, and they've cut inside, and that's happened three times. I mean, that, that was Liam Scales' goal was because he wandered the entire left. He's a left wing back. He's wandered the entire left of that pitch, and got there to score, and no one's been there to stop him, and then. Adam Foley got his second goal on Friday night, doing pretty much the same thing. Um, so for Dundalk, they really need to start looking. Probably is the best description. They need. They've obviously gone for a decisive manoeuvre, like get the wing backs up forward. Fair enough. But if you're being broke on the wings so quickly, so often, you're gonna need to change something. And the centre backs don't look comfortable going out there. You something needs to change, I think, if they are to, to put up a fight. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's only two games into the season. One point in two games it, it isn't ideal, especially when the next game is against Rovers, who've had a week's rest. And that might come back to bite Rovers in the aspect that uh, Rovers have had one less game to get match ready, to get a bit of match sharpness up. But also it might be, because they didn't have a bad result, they might be feeling a little bit more confident in themselves, a little bit more uh, bossy going into this game. Plus, it's at Tala. Uh, so, yeah, that might be a big thing. As for Finn Harps, they are unstoppable and will march to the no, no, I think Finn Harps have had a fantastic start to the season. I don't think there's any denying that. Uh, I think getting six points out of six so far, uh, has been has been good for them. I think the fact that they've played both Bulls and Dundalk, who are arguably two of the three most difficult teams to play in the league, um, is a great, great thing for them because it's going to give them a lot of confidence going forward. It's six points, I think, in the scheme of things. Later on in the season, they wouldn't have expected to pick up. Before the season, they wouldn't have expected to pick it up. So for them, it's great. The, the, the key for them is um, their next game is against Strada, which if they get a result against Strada, that's a fantastic start of the season. But if they end up dropping points to Strada, consistency is going to be the thing that's going to be thrown at them. Like you can build it up for the big boys, but can you build it up for the rest? But again, that's to take absolutely nothing away from the start of the season. has been fantastic. They're sitting top of the league. They have been fairly solid defensively. There's a few moments against Dundalk, but for like I said, for the most part of that game, apart from 10-15 minutes spell and the start of the second half, they didn't really look like they were under too much pressure. They didn't look like they were backs to the wall. I know against uh, I know against um, Bulls, they were a little bit 
they, they played a little bit with fire at some points. The keeper had a great game, but in this one, I, I don't think the keeper can take all the credit, but I think it's predominantly the rest of the team that did fantastic in that game. So yeah, that was the opening game of the weekend. That was a game that I was surprised at the quality and equally surprised at who won it. As for the second game on Friday night, I said it was Waterford 1, Sligo 2. Um, again, this is a simple issue. I said at the start of the season, I, I thought Waterford would be in a relegation battle. Um, I did an interview earlier on with uh, a tale from the East Stand who were fantastic. They're predominantly Rovers-based podcast, but they're absolutely brilliant overall League of Ireland. And, and, as I saying to him, and he was one to point out this quite intriguing stat uh, of their team from the end of last season to the team that started this season, only one player, and that was the goalkeeper, uh, was in the starting eleven from the last game of last season to the first game of this season. That is a massive turnover, and you know clubs have massive turnovers every 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 season, so you, you can't really hold it against them. But all your outfield players pretty much have been changed. Uh, that is a it's a it's a Big, big thing to do that. Then you look at it as a lot of their players are young players. Very few are actually signed to the club. Most, a lot of them are on loan. And you start to fear for them a little bit. Again, in this game, they took the lead early on. And you're thinking, good, good, good on you, well done. Uh, again, the young boy, Carl Ferguson, who's a bit quiet in this game than he was in the week before. But again, he still had a good showing, and I was quite pleased for him. And they looked, especially the first half an hour of the first half, they were the side that I thought were in, in more control, I'd say. Uh, and arguably looked like, you know, they were going to go into the break in the lead. And then... Just before, I said just before, I was just after half an hour, the young boy Parks, uh, the young boy Romain Parks, I say young boy, Jesus Christ, he's 30 years old, <laughs> he's not a young boy at all, uh, <laughs> uh, Romain Parks, he scored an absolute stunner of a goal uh, to pull it back to 1-1. And then after, after that goal, uh, the game changed and it pretty much changed in that favour and then the boy uh, young boy Jordan Gibson scored an absolute he is a young boy to be fair but young <laughs> Jordan Gibson uh, scored an absolute peach for the second as well both goals that uh, both goals that were scored by Ro- uh, Sligo the top quality goals the second goal in particular he pins it into that top corner it isn't nothing's going to stop that ball going in the back of the net but it, it, it's really, it was really intriguing to see how Watford conceded that goal. And then as soon as they conceded the first, it sort of just sort of, sort of like the wind just fell out of them. And they didn't really look like they were going to do a lot more after that. So, yeah, Sligo deserved the win. Watford is a bit of a concern. Uh, but they are only losing by the odd goal. I mean, as I said last week, they lost a game for a goal that they really didn't deserve to concede from. But they deserve to lose. And this week, they've, they've not received a doing by anyone yet, but they they just sort of seen that if you get the first goal against them, then we can kind of maybe push on for more. Even last week against Jada, they, they conceded late, late in the game. 
And even after they conceded late, late in the game, there's still two or three chances after that where they could have conceivably conceded two or three. Again this week, they conceded that first one in the first half. They sort of kind of rallied to the end of the first half, but in the second half, they just didn't really look like they were ever going to um, take the lead again or then when they went behind, get back on level terms. It, it, it never at any point seemed like that was ever going to be the case, which is a little bit, it is a, it is a little bit sad for Waterford but that's that was, a, it was just unfortunate that's the way it went uh, going on into, into Saturday afternoon uh, balls too long for two this was a game where the middle of the game didn't really need to exist I mean balls went 2-0 up by the 25th I think about the 25th minute and they deserved to be 2-0 up they were the much better side they were passing the ball around, pinging it. They looked very confident. They looked very comp- confident in themselves. They looked happy. Uh, and they really did look comfortable. And I did say in, in the preview podcast that I thought that Bulls would really want to make amends for what happened at uh, Finn Harps. I, I thought that that's really what they wanted to do. They, they didn't want that to happen again. And in that first half, they, they were really good. I mean, after they went 2 0 up, they kind of sat off a little bit. They, they, you know, they sort of stopped pushing. Um, but they were still fairly confident. They didn't look like they were going to see the second half. There seemed to be a little bit of a sea change. Humphrey, I wouldn't say they were overly attacking to start off the second half, but they definitely built themselves into it. They definitely started giving themselves a lot more credit with the ball. And they started to, to hold the ball up and push on with it, whereas before them, they were sort of. Allowing both, allowing both sides to, to, to dominate. As as the second half wore on, the substitution of Ali Coop seemed a little bit of a turning point, if I'm honest. When Ali Coop was on the board, the Bulls team were pushing forward. They were always that step forward. He then came off, which uh, is, is a signal. And then when he came off, Connor Davies came on and literally within, I think within about five minutes of coming on the pitch, I think it's probably his second or third touch of the game, he scores uh, scores one. And that was really the rallying point because Bowles sort of looked stunned for um, a good ten minutes. It didn't seem to, to really like deal with it properly. And just as they sort of moved on from that sort of at the point where they like oh right okay we, we can see the we, we keep calm. They made a couple of defensive substitutions that I think may have been a mistake because they made them two substitutions uh, after they conceded. Everyone was a little bit skewed, and then instantly as soon as that as soon as that happened, uh, as soon as literally as soon as that happened, it did change. Uh, by the time. Like I say, Persona started getting a bit more confident and sounds a bit more with it. Uh, they can see the second uh, again from Conor Davies. And I think that was the point where it was just what was going on here. And, that, and I personally, I, I was a little bit disappointed. I know Bulls fans on Twitter, when I've seen the responses to the, to the result, were, were fairly annoyed at the way that the, they they literally let, literally let the three points slip away. 
the other game on the Saturday afternoon, however, was a game that I am not going to lie, the last five minutes I am... I refuse to believe the last 15 minutes of that game happened because of what happened in that game. So, Pats versus Jada, the first half, let's just say that some stuff happened. There was a few meaty challenges, and that was it. If I'm honest, it was terrible. Uh, then, in the second half, again, the first 15 minutes of the second half was just as bad. Like, very little happened. And then, uh, Ron Cullen, he gets a, a, gets a good goal. That sort of sparks Pats into life. It sort of sparks Dragon into life. In, in fairness, it, it lights a fire during the entire game. Uh, as all the players just needed to be reminded that, oh, right, we are playing football here today. Um, for about 10 minutes, draw there, then draw to come into it, and Denny Coughlin gets a, gets, gets a good equaliser. And you're kind of sitting there thinking, well, the game's come to life. And then it genuinely does come to life. And then in the 80th minute, Robbie Benson comes off, and that was a bit of a, I thought personally, a little bit of a surprise. I didn't think he was playing bad at all. I thought he was actually probably... Him and Mike Smith were probably the best two in attacking outlets going. And the other two that seemed to be constantly running at the opposition. Um, but he hooked him for Billy King. Now, I've watched Billy King at Dundee United for three seasons. Three seasons. And he never produced something like this in his life. He came on and almost on the spot made the difference. Him and Mike Smith clearly, uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again, they do know each other. They've played with each other before. Uh, they've trained with each other for two years solid. They do know each other. And you can see there's a connection between the two of them. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work because every so often they'll do a manoeuvre that you think, you look at them and you're like, I think he's done that to him. And unfortunately, he isn't there. It's a, it's the other player. And it's not pulled off. But you can see what they're trying to do. And then, in this game, <laughs> Billy King comes on. And Billy King has scored late winners for Hearts against Rangers at Ibrox. He has scored for Rangers against Hibs. He scored for Hearts against Hibs. He has scored big games. He wouldn't score for Dunedin against Montrose. It's not necessarily the biggest game in the universe, but it was a Scottish Cup game that I was at. He he has got a talent there. There's no denying that. But he doesn't always get the opportunity to. And I think at Pats, he's had the opportunity for two seasons now. And he's starting to really show good. And I mean, in that game, he came on and he did did add a little bit more emphasis into the game and a little bit more attacking a thought to the, to the process. He picked up the ball and <laughs> scores the winner, I think it's on the 90th minute. That is a last grasp winner and it is a great winner as well. There's no denying. It's a fair play to breaking. I hope he keeps up these these forms. I hope he keeps getting the goals. And I generally hope the boy does get the opportunities because he deserves them. He, he is a hard-working professional and he has been at some big clubs. And he, like I said, I think he feels a little bit more comfortable with Mike Smith being there. It's an, it's an old pal. And I think the two of them have already added a little bit more to Pats that they didn't have last season, which was a bit more of an attacking guy. They don't always be the goal scorers, but they're definitely the ones to get them into the position to get the goals. Uh, so fair play to Pats. Also fair play to Pats for getting the win. Drada uh, probably didn't deserve to lose this game if we're, all, if we're totally honest. Um, but they did let up a lot of chances. And I don't think... Uh, they, they let up a lot of chances. 
they can be irritated at the way that the point drop, but they can take a lot from their first two performances uh, back in the league. So yeah, those are the those are the uh, results from the top flight. Like I said, I won't really. There's no point in really giving you the league table because there's only two games, and the league table won't say that. So I'll, go, I'll go for the league table probably next week when there's been three games played. It takes a little bit more of a step, but uh, there's no real point in a minute. All I would say is absolutely fantastic. Top congratulations to Finn Hartz for sitting top of the league uh, after the two games, two points clear. So, you know, they are on the run to the championship. Uh, as for the first division, the the games were actually quite good. Uh, I said on my preview podcast that <laughs> the game of the week of all the divisions was Galway versus Shells. I was wrong. <laughs> um, might as well kind of start that play. I mean, the game was very, very turgid. There was a goal that was kind of given and chopped off. Uh, there's a straight red card for uh, Glenn Gordy. He, yeah, it's a straight red card. I mean, you can't really argue it too much, I don't suppose. Um, it was card heavy in the first half. In the second half, it really wasn't. I mean, Charles were down to nine men for the best part. For a lot of this game, over oh, 50 minutes of the game, they were down to 10 men. Um, but even though they were down to 10 men, they didn't really ever seem too under pressure, which is probably a benefit to them, as an open game was away against probably their biggest title challenges. They can take a lot from that game. They can take a lot from the fact that they were down to 10 men for such a long period of time against the promotion generation challenges. And they more than held their own. So from that aspect, they can be quite pleased with that. But I mean, other than that, there's literally nothing else out of that game to take a great deal of uh, progress out of or encouragement out of. Other than... It's over now. <laughs> That's going to be the only positive I can give you. Uh, the other game's uh, Wexham versus Carantini. I mean, yeah, it kind of went the way you'd pretty much expected, to be honest. Uh, Canty really got uh, one up after about 10 minutes, and he kind of sat there, and uh, I've seen it, and I've texted him. Uh, there's a guy that I, I'm really good pals with, um, who works uh, for Forgotten Clubs, and they seem to have adopted Wexford, because why not? And I said to him after nine minutes, that's... Wait, so it's like your season started terribly. You're already one nil down after nine minutes. So he did say, "Yeah, they're just hoping for." He's like, "Thank God, there's no relegation. They're expecting probably to finish bottom, which is, you know, it's fair enough. You know, financially, it is difficult for them. It does raise the question of whether or not a, if it was possible, a relegation place could be put into the first division. But I mean, then you face the issue of the fact that the senior league is, you know. It's a, it's a it's a winter league effectively. Uh, so if you did get promoted out of that, you're going to place half a season, six months, whatever it is, uh, without playing football to then get into it. And equally, uh, if you were the team that were relegated, you're facing them from November through to August the following year without playing. That's unsustainable. Which is a bit annoying. It's a bit upsetting, but there's not really a lot you can do about it. Until something changes drastically somewhere along the along the route. Also, the Manchester Senior League teams, as we learned a couple of weeks ago, don't always necessarily want to go into the League of Ireland because they're quite happy 
doing their own wee thing. Um, as for, like I said, Kevin Dealey, uh, I said in the preview podcast for, for the first division, I, th- I think Kevin Dealey are going to, um, fingers crossed for them, hope to push for a playoff place. They do, re- I think they, they've already admitted it pretty much that you know, there are three teams that are favourite sport it. And then there's two teams realistically that are pushing, and then there's the rest. So for Gavin Teeley, away to Wexford first game of the season, they got a 2 1 win. It's kind of the bare minimum they'd have expected, really. Uh-huh. So they will be content with that one. Uh, another, the actual good game, I think, argued for this, this these group of games was UCD 2, Afron 2. The, the bowl, UCD Bowl is obviously the place to go for entertainment. I mean, <laughs> It ended both halves ended one one, but the way it went was fantastic. I mean, usually take the lead, get pinned back, take the lead again in the seventy fifth minute. By which point they've been playing great, and Athlone, you was like, "Ooh, what's going on?" And then <laughs> to the last kick of the game, Athlone get there, slamming an equaliser. It was a great advert, I think, for first division football. It was end to end, arguably the best game of the weekend, uh, in in the men's football anyway at least. Usually uh, could take it. Usually will be hoping to be one of the teams pushing for a playoff place. Athlone may well be wanting to push for it as well. I think it's a little bit more difficult for them, but they still may well be wanting to push for it. So a two-two, what a, what a good game! It genuinely was. If you want, if you get a chance, go and take a look at the highlights. It was a good, genuinely was a great game of football. Uh, the final game for the that's not final game. Final game on Friday night uh, was a Cork derby between Cork City and Cove Ramblers. I know Cove slightly outside Cork. Please don't at me. I do know that. Um, this game, I was more. This game is more annoying because there isn't fans available for it. I think this is the first derby outside of the league, in the league uh, for many years. Uh, <laughs> I thought this game would be tight. It turned out to be a tight game. Actually, it was gutting the fan couldn't be enough for this because it would have been an absolutely phenomenal atmosphere. The issue for Cork is going to be depth and off the field more than on the field I think I think they're off the field issues are going to be the ones that may turn out in time to be to be a bigger issue um, as for on the pitch you know they, they looked fairly good they, they had a good passing game uh, they took the one they were leading just before half time and then, similar to the, court, uh, to the Dundalk game, Cobb uh, came out the second half and looked for the first 15 minutes or so of the second half, the better side. Uh, they pulled an equaliser, which was... which was It was a good equaliser. They probably deserved it on the balance play at that point. They then went uh, 2-1 behind about 10 minutes later. And in the last 15, 20 minutes of the game... It was kind of a little bit end-to-end. Cool. Maybe, maybe just tipping the scales a little bit, but uh, overall I thought it was an absolute great advert for the league in particular. I thought it was a great derby. Biggest gut-wrenching thing is the fact fans couldn't be there, and that's, that was one of the games that you really feel like fans should have just been allowed. <laughs> should have just let them in because, you know, 
it's a game that does it, that, that's a particular derby, it's a particular game that doesn't have fans in a particular it's a derby that doesn't happen very often. I know Pat's shells haven't happened recently like last season. Uh but it was definitely one of them derbies that you felt like it, it should have been you know, it, it was a bit upsetting. But still equally it's a good effort from the from the two teams, so well done for them. Uh, the final game of the weekend uh, for the first division, as it is, uh, came Sunday afternoon. Uh, Bray, <laughs> Bray nil, Treaty nil. This was a game that I was actually looking forward to. I, I, Treaty United, um, obviously, like if you don't know, Treaty United only just got to leave. They're from Limerick. They are the Limerick Town, but under a different. Uh, you know, they're replacing Limerick, uh, who went who folded uh, two years ago now. I think it is it's twenty nineteen, and. They are basically the, the the team from Limerick. They went up against two other teams to get into the league. They only found out at the end of February that they would actually they were the ones getting in. They are completely amateur. They've had to build a squad, sponsorship, everything in a really short period of time. They've got a really good membership scheme going on online. If you want to sign up to it, I really recommend you do. It's twenty euro, uh, which is about seventeen quid uh, a month, or I think it's two hundred forty euro if you pay for it in a one. That's a membership to the club. Uh, you get like a little membership pack. You'll get access to Aloy TV, which doesn't just give you access to treaty games, but it gives you access to all the league running, uh, all of the league of Ireland first division games, and the women's national league games. It is really, really worth doing if. If you want, uh, it supports a team that are completely amateur with no previous fan base, uh, realistically. Uh, Treaty have also got a women's team, as we're about to find out in a minute. They've also got underage teams. You know, they've, they've gone about it the, 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 the quote-unquote right way. Um, so I really recommend you do give them a, give that a, a subscribe if, if that's what you're inclined. It also means that you can pay up, so to speak, uh, your League of Ireland TV subscription instead of Locking out the seventy-nine euro, sixty-five quid, uh, a one. But outside of that, uh, the game today was a little bit, not really bitty. I mean, it was a bit, a little bit dull. I mean, <laughs> Sean McSweeney did successfully get sent off for treaty <laughs> in the first ever game. Uh, he also received the first ever yellow card. So that's some going. But outside of that, I mean, it, it was a fairly... It was a fairly... Dull uh, affair. Uh, it's a little bit gutting because you'd like, to, like, I don't know, maybe a 4-3 spectacular. But I think in the cold light of day, it's a stable result. It's a good result. They're not bottom of the league. They've gone to play the Carlisle the Grants. are not an easy place to travel to. Uh, Bray will be fancying the chances to get in the playoffs this season. They've got every right to be fancying their chances to get into that playoff place as well. Uh, so to go to Bray and get that result is a good result. It takes a monkey on the back, it takes the pressure on the back, and it's also a great fact that they got a point away from home at hard ground. I think in the cold light of day, it cannot be ignored. Um, going forward, I think it will be a valuable, a valuable point for them. So. Just gonna take a quick run over of the results in the women's national league. Uh, like I said, 
not make a good tune listen to this. Uh, but this was absolutely the league to watch if you want the goals this weekend. I'm not going to go away three, Cork City three, <laughs> and that was a that was a game in the first half, a missed penalty, and then an 85th minute equaliser for Cork to, to drag it level, which was some performance of them. Uh, Wexford nil, Piermark nil again. This was a late minute and a late, a late winner and a late missed penalty. Uh, Wexford had a penalty in the 85th minute that they that they missed, and then Piermark got the winner uh, in the 87th minute of the game. So that game was very much watched to the end. Uh, Shells again got a Shells got a fairly a fairly standard two 0 win over Athlone. I mean, both goals came. In the second half, one was apparently one was a natural, genuinely good strike, uh, and <laughs> Bulls versus Treaty United's women's team uh, ended the uh, <laughs> ended six two. First half ended four one four one. First ten minutes, yeah, absolute phenomenal game that game, and then the second half uh, ended two two one the Bulls. So that was an absolutely fantastic game. So that was the games for this weekend. Like I said, uh, Rovers didn't play. Rovers were due to play Derry. That the, the game didn't go ahead due to international call-ups for for uh, for Bowles. However, for this weekend coming on uh, Friday night on the first division, uh, it's Longford versus Sligo Rovers. That's the slightly early kickoff. That's a seventeen forty-five, I think it is. And the main Friday night game is uh, Rovers versus Dundalk. Then on Saturday, uh, I believe all these games kick off at 6 o'clock. I say that, and I absolutely promise you with 100% that I will finish recording this. And much like last week, there'll be a fixture change released, because why not make me look like an idiot? But anyway, <laughs> so 6 o'clock as it stands on Saturday is uh, Drada versus Finn Harps, Bowles versus St. Pat's, and Delhi versus Waterford. Both St. Pat's will be an interesting game, and as will Derry and Waterford. Both teams will be wanting to try and make amends for poor starts. Uh, that was the Premier Division games this weekend. Uh, the fixtures for the First Division are all on Saturday, apart from one on Sunday. And I believe they are all at 7.45 on Friday night. And it is Treaty United versus Wexford. Athlone versus Galway, Cameron TD versus Cork, Shells versus Bray, and then on Saturday it is Cole uh, versus UCD. And finally for the Women's National League, uh, it is Cork versus Shells. Again, these are all on Saturday. So it's Cork versus Shells, Galway versus Bulls, Dublin Waves who kick off their season because there's no only my teams in that division. Uh, Dublin Waves versus Wexford. And Athlone versus Treaty United. So, yep, that's all the games coming up this week and the review of the week just gone. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's been a little bit longer. I did try to rattle through it. I should probably try and harder to, to not talk rubbish as much. But either way, hope you've enjoyed this episode. As I said earlier on, we have got a Patreon account now. We're up and running, which is predominantly doing previews. Uh, if you're interested, please give it a subscribe, it's a five euro a month, four quid, uh, so I hope you do uh, take a look at that, if you do, it's linked in our Twitter bio, if not, hope you've enjoyed this episode, hope you subscribe, please give me all the stars that are available, 
Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.